Welcome back to another episode of Fret Buzz the Podcast. My name is Aaron Sefchik. I'm Joe McMurray. And today we have an awesome episode for you today. A good friend of mine from the past uh, worked with me at Box Rock and Joe as well uh, at one point, kind of in passing. Um, but yeah, Mr. Graham Doby. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Yeah, not too bad. Graham comes from... Um, you are actually from originally from uh, Arlington. I was actually born uh, born in Boston and then kind of raised in Charlottesville. So oh, okay, there you go. All right, yeah. and now Charlottesville yesterday. Oh, nice, yeah, beautiful place. Oh, beautiful place. Great musicians. Great, you know, all my all my family's still there. So always love to try to get back there as much as I can. Oh. And yes, cool. Now Graham is up in New York City, uh, jamming it out with a bunch of people. So yeah. Welcome to Fret Buzz the Podcast, Graham. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, um, yeah, I obviously met you at Bach to Rock a long time ago, and I was and still am. I was actually just telling Joe before the show. Am still impressed by your skills. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> He's very complimentary. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I don't. I don't. On, I honestly don't know that I've. I mean, I've seen, I was just telling Joe, I've seen a lot of drummers, but in terms of your dedication to drums and how you go about practicing and uh, how much you're into the the actual experience of drums always astounded me. You were always just that cool guy down the hall was just like always practicing anytime that there was a moment that you could have to just kind of jam out to the metronome or whatever. Uh, you were always doing it. And I was, always, just, yeah. I, was, yeah, I was just like, wow, that that cat is dedicated <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah that, that was definitely the, that was definitely the height of like when i was practicing like like i don't know six six to seven hours a day i know that was, that was the height of it but that's that's you know i've uh i've been practicing as much i've just been i've been uh just i've been just doing, doing like a little, little more playing and stuff but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm get, getting back to i'm getting back to it now getting back to more more of that that you know element of, of, of shedding Well, I mean, I think there's a time uh, and a place for that. I think we all go through these, you know, hills and valleys of when through life, uh, when you get to when you get to practice a lot. And then because of, you know, certain circumstances, uh, you don't get to practice as much. Uh, It's more work oriented or whatever it is, kids for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, yeah, obviously we go through hills and valleys you practice. But that, yeah, I've always I will always remember you and your practice regimen in terms of wow you're just good <laughs> yeah, thanks man. appreciate it yeah yeah, yeah. but that was, that was, those those were those are good times yeah like a box of rock yeah 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 so, so where did it where did this all begin where did you uh we'll just go over a brief history of of what you've got in terms of where it all started and and what got you into drums per se so it's funny you know i was playing i started playing piano you know, I started off. Pian- pian- parents were both uh, pianists. That, um, not not professionals, but you know, they played in church. And my mom used to like direct the, the youth choir uh, um, sometimes. And um, so I was playing. And then one day, it was like it was like that Blues Brothers moment where I was I was playing at this talent show, and this uh, kid came up and played uh, played drums along to like a Dave Matthews song, and it was just like, oh, I was like, that's it. I want to do that. And so yeah. I just like hounded my parents to like I didn't even want them to buy me drums I just wanted them to like take me to Sam Ash or 
play where I could just play the drums. I was like, I need to like play drums like right now. And then, and then, so my parents got me, they've got me a drum set and then they couldn't, they couldn't stand to hear me just like just bashing away. So they started getting me lessons and I, I figured it out pretty early, like, you know, by about, about eighth grade, I think, I think the three things I wanted to do was I either professional basketball player professional scooterer because i would go to skate parks with like a razor scooter okay. um, i a skateboard or anything it's kind of was i was definitely a dork but um <laughs> but, uh, and and drums so and then when i got to high school um it was it was very clear cut that I, I was gonna do this for the rest of my life so um and then yeah then just keep going going up to um going up to high school i was just I was still practicing still practicing like as much as i possibly could playing what, with a bunch of musicians. What were you saying? What genre were you playing then? I was playing all jazz. And I okay. was really, really just like heavy set on jazz. It wasn't until probably about, I was, I mean, I had like a rock band and, and stuff that I had played with, you know, with a couple of friends. But like once I was really starting to get into jazz, it was like, that was, that was everything. That's, that's interesting. Why, why jazz? You know, um, I just, it just really spoke with me. You know, I mean, I was also like, you know, surrounded by a lot of great jazz musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I was like learning, you know, I, I studied with Robert Jospi for a while. Uh, and then I was, I played a lot with John Durth. Um, and he really, he really helped me out. And then, mm-hmm. and then also like, um, Greg Thomas of, um, Almar High School. I mean, he really, he really paved the path for me of just like, of just like really delving into this music and, and, and under and like, being professional it was all about professionalism and, and, and being on time and and knowing your parts and, and practicing you know making sure that you didn't uh you, you would never take a never half acid you know and yeah. so um and so yeah so i just started getting into it and i just you know i started playing once i started playing with dearth i think i really started to be like wow i really like really like feel this music and just like it was just like it's just a feeling that just came over me it just you know, I just love. I just loved it. You know, started playing piano, learning, learning like you know, learning how to how the chord, all the chordal structures worked and everything, and and it just yeah, I think I just fell in love with it. Still, still to this day, like when I hear any type style of music, I can be like, oh, I really like that. But jazz, still, it's always just at my uh, it's at my heart. Yeah, really. Whether I I don't play jazz as much as I used to, unfortunately, um, but. Uh, but every chance I get, I, 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 I'll go play jazz anytime. You know, I'm starting, I'm starting, I'm actually about to start a jazz trio right now. So in the process of doing that. Cool. Keep me tuned. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were you playing in a, a, like a high school big band or you, did they have uh, combos for you? We had, we had both. We had combos. In high school, like through the school? Um, it was, yeah, it was through the school because you know what we did? Incredible. We did combo. We did. We did combo competitions, you know, but we also, we, we, we would like meet through the school and we would do that. And then we would just go gig out in town, you know, and we, we would play, um, we had a rock band too. So it was like a rock band and then we would play jazz as like, you know, but we knew each other really well. So like, you know, obviously like when you go to play jazz, you know, you, if you have this, like, you know, this connection through other mu- music, you're going to, um, yeah, you're just going to link up really well. So, so we did that. So I was playing with them. Him, uh, in, in, in high school, I had the big band and then a combo, and the combo was gigging. We were gigging all the time. You know? in, wow. And what like what types of tunes were you playing? Is there a certain era you were into or a certain? Um, 
I think we were playing, you know, it kind of uh, progressed, you know, um, but we were, we were playing standards. And mm -hmm. uh, I think we, we I took a lot from, uh, from like, like the Miles Davis, uh, Tony Williams era, like that, yeah. like old, like that. The late 60s, late 50s kind of era. Yeah, yeah you know, um, and, uh, and, and El Elvin too. Like that, that style of just that very, like, you know, very, really into like metric modulations. That's a huge thing that I like. You know, I'm really into odd time signatures and all of this like weird stuff that nobody wants you to play. <laughs> you know, but you know, that's what I'm talking help. about. <laughs> I, just can't, just can't, I just can't help it. I love it. You know, I love, I love superimposing seven over you know fifteen, sixteen. Just, I don't know, it's weird, weirdo. But uh, so cool. But, uh, but you know, so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. You know, it's just. Um, but yeah, so you know, as I started to as I started to develop, I started to you know, was always into that kind of like you know, you know. I mean, we listen to Tony Williams. I mean, he's getting into all kinds of metric modulations and all kinds of stuff. But he always did it in a very like musical, you know, musical way. So I had to, I had to learn how to do it musically. It took years. I'm still working on it. But you know, but you know, because you can't can't just like you know, be grooving and then all of a sudden go into some weird. <laughs> everyone hates you when you do that so but yeah so that i guess that's the that's the style i was playing and then and then as it as it as it as it went on it just progressed you know more contemporary and stuff like that so yeah i'm jealous didn't have any of that in my high school <laughs> I, wish some, I wish somebody had come to me and taught me this when i was your we're that age um I was, I was i was very fortunate i was very lucky to to have great teachers at the start so early yeah that sounds great. Oh, sweet. All right. So where did you go from high school then? So high school, then I was, uh, then I went to George Mason. Mm -hmm. um, oh. Yeah. I went to, yeah. The George Mason for um, four years. And then literally uh, right after that, I, I, uh, a month after graduating, I literally moved up up here with a suitcase and a backpack. And the initial, it was my, it was a graduation present. My, my big graduation present for my parents was, um, was they're going to pay for my rent for two two uh, two months in New York? Yeah, and uh, and I the original goal was I was going to be here for two months, and then I was um, and then I would come back, save some money, and then move back up there. And I came back after the first week, and I said, I'm "Never leaving." Yeah, that was it. I was just like, you know, I was just I was just sold. And I was just like the city, like you know, I've always it's funny. I've always I've always felt like New York was home. To me, it was, uh, I, I, you probably remember, I was going to New York all the time. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, was like, I was like, I was in and I was, you know, I had a, a you know, I was, I was dating someone up here. So that, that, that was a uh, big reason coming up here. Then also I had a really, really close friend and uh, in college and he moved up here yeah. and after, and so I just would come to visit him. And I just remember this like defining moment for me where I stepped off the bus and it was probably like at the time the bus station was like, I think it was like 34th and like uh, 6th Avenue or something. And I just remember, or there's like, it was very close, very, very close to Penn Station. I just remember I was like very stressed out in like school for whatever amount of paper that I hadn't turned in yet. Like, you know, oh, I stepped off the bus and I was super stressed. And I just remember stepping off the bus to all these people, just like, just like it was crazy. It's Penn Station. So there's tons of people just moving in. I just remember feeling so relaxed. I don't know, for some reason, like knowing the fact that there's so many people here and they're all like doing their own thing yeah. is like a very like Zen thing for me, which is very, it's very strange. Like I just feel very comfortable and like, like knowing that like, oh, 
everyone's everyone's working, everyone's doing their thing. You know, it's not like like you know, just I was very comfortable with it. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's where I went from from there. You know, with the during 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 college, I was playing. I played with a band Funk Arc, and I played with a band Stomp Status. Those are like my two. Those were my two big bands I was playing with. As long as, as well as I was playing, I had I had a steady gig on U Street at JoJo's every every Tuesday. Oh yeah, and um, we, we that was that was really where I learned how to play. You know, you know, I was always I was already you know playing and stuff, but that was really we had like a bunch of you know heavy musicians that would come in. At one point, the we, uh, one point for years we had John Lee. You know, uh, John. You know, John Lee. Johnny, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was playing. Those, I guess those are my three main bands. I was playing with John Lee Experience, um, Funk Arc, and um, and Stomp Status. Um, wow. And yeah, so just just playing. Yeah, I was I was the one that was like you know <clears throat> going to bed at five o'clock in the morning, showing up to class like you know with no sleep after after just like you know playing gigs all night all night long. It was like. As well as teaching too, so I was teaching and gigging, like you know, crazy <laughs> times. I can't believe I made it four years, but I did. So, and yeah. you were you had a uh, you had like nine a.m. ear training with uh, what's his name, the old Italian guy. Oh, um, oh, um, he's brutal. He was good, but he's brutal. Yeah, first I mean, thing in the morning. Yeah. Oh man, they 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 changed it though. I'm glad that he's doing one now because what would happen. Before he was only doing ear training four, oh, so God. like you know, not expected not more. Like, uh, yeah, and like, like not that, not that like the other teachers were necessarily like uh, Maiello. That's his yes, name. Maiello. Maiello. <laughs> and um, you know, not that the other like Maiello is, is like you know he's like he really gets you to do it. You know, like the other teachers were like I mean it's pretty much it was A, B, or F. You know that that's what that's where that was where his his grading policies. You know, yeah. and F was a zero. It wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't <laughs> like. Uh, it was either zero, or like a B, or like an A. You know? right. Do or don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do really well. Do like. Do like okay, probably a little out of tune, you know. And I and uh, or you just or you just blew it, you know. <laughs> and then, I think I think I think ear training is super important. Um, and I'm I'm glad he's I'm glad I'm glad they switched that to teaching one because I remember, like if you know. Like I got into his class and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I, I am not prepared for this," you know. So, but uh, but yeah, Mason Mason was a good school. Um, when did you graduate? I graduated. I graduated in two thousand fourteen, I think. Oh, two thousand fourteen. I started at Mason in two thousand fifteen. Okay. So I'm. That's how I'm. I missed you by just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. That was. I mean, I would, that would have been. We've probably been up in New York by then. Yeah, because uh, yeah. that was post Bakhtarak for me. Okay. Yeah. So, did you have Darden Purcell was there? I assume. Yeah, she was there. She was there, and then Joe McCarthy. Mm-hmm. No, he was. So she's she she's the dean now, and she's actually coming on the show um, in April. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah, and her husband, uh, Doctor Sean Purcell. Yeah. Was just on um, a few weeks ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, they're great. Uh, yeah, power I, I, music I, couple. Yeah, that's that's a powerhouse couple. You know, yeah, I haven't talked to them in a while. I should catch up, catch up with them. I haven't talked to them. Yeah. So, they're good people. Good people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've uh we've also had the opportunity to have a couple uh Berkeley grads on. Oh, nice. And it's been interesting to 
talk about the differences in mu- music programs and yeah you know the berkeley folks love to i mean they love their experience yeah but i always felt like mason was a great program and maybe we didn't have as many um all the extra what do you call them combos you know doing specific styles of music but we had great jazz combos and the yeah. the afro-cuban ensemble and oh yeah steel pan stuff was really cool yeah victor wanted to do that yeah yeah it was a great program i i, I learned a lot while, while i was there and uh, i also met i just met a lot of very close friends i met a lot of great people like some of my closest friends in in, in, the, in the world I, I met there so yeah. So that was actually it was it was a funny. Do you know T.J. Turkman? I don't. He's a he's a bass player that I played with a lot and became like one of my closest friends. And it was funny. He was one of the biggest reasons why I went to Mason because I saw him play bass. And he did this bass and drum duo thing thing with um uh with this drummer. And I just remember being like, I saw him play at Chantilly, and I just remember being like, Oh my god! I was like, What? was that it was just like and like that was like a that was like a big defining moment i was like you know because i had gotten into the new school and um but it just was too expensive and i was just like that's i guess that's my i guess it's kind of my opinion on like like jazz school and like that it's like you know i would uh i mean it's so expensive i mean you can i mean to, to play you can either play or not play. i mean you can learn how to play on your own you know just by just going to meet all the all the people out there, you know, I think it's important to go to school because it's like you're surrounded by uh, people that are all trying to get to a different level and it's the same level. And, and, um, and so I think it's really important, but, but yeah, I think you can, you could go to a school that's not, doesn't cost 50,000 to $60,000 a year, you know, to, yeah. to get a good education. I mean, yeah, not, not, nothing against Berkeley or anything. Cause I know it's, it's an amazing school, but it's just like, you know, it's not like you're guaranteed like a, like a like a you know a, a successful career yeah that's gonna be able to pay that off you know so yeah unfortunately musicians don't make well you can't make a lot of money but it's a far and few between that's hard when you you're eighty thousand dollars in debt yeah. <laughs> or, or, or you might be two hundred thousand right it's exactly right thousand dollars playing a fifty dollar pickup gig yeah right like, exactly. yeah I've, i mean i've heard a lot of podcasts lately uh in terms of the whole education thing for and, and against, um, and it doesn't matter what field you're in. Um, I obviously listen to a lot of recording um, podcasts and um, that guitar and whatnot like that for musicians. Uh, and there's this, it's like you can spend the money to go to college, which obviously is extremely important because yes, you learn a lot of things and there's tons of networking, right? Yeah, and that's, that's exciting. Then that's extremely important if you take advantage of it. Yes. You know, there's a lot of people and students out there who just don't. You know, they're just going to school because they have to, and their concentration might be on party partying or the social aspect of it or whatever it is. But if you go to school for, you know, actually learning in class and doing the absolute best that you can, and then on top of that, doing the, you know, the networking that goes along with it, sure college is worth it um and it's extremely expensive but sure but then the other hand of it is is like okay let's just say you have 80 to 200 thousand dollars right instead of spending that in you know education well why not just take 80 grand and go to new york 
and get yeah. your and you know just night after night network get your chops up and start putting yourself in the scene or like within a recordings um a recording scene let's just say you spend eighty thousand dollars or not even forty thousand dollars on a recording studio and yeah. then you start getting yourself in that way and you start getting your chops up and you start networking that way is it better to do it one way or the other it all really depends on your persona in terms of how driven you are towards, you know, that's one thing that you want to do. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's a juggle in terms it is, of it is a juggle. You never, you just like, it's hard, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to come up. But I think being, uh, being surrounded by that, being like in that scene of like, you know, you're doing music every day, all mm -hmm. day, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I think it's important. And then the people, the people that you meet, the teachers that you meet, just getting different perspectives. You know, I think, I think it is, I think, you know, it is important. Oh yeah. It's extremely important. And you, you know, you have to be uh, in touch with who you are as a person with school, you know, there's, you know, you're being graded, you know, you, yeah, yeah. There, there are papers that are due. There yeah. are classes that you have to show up for. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're going to New York city with 80 grand, there's nobody pushing you. Yeah. You have to have that kind of personality that you, you have to push yourself on the daily and you know, you're going to go through those months where it's like, Oh, I don't, I don't feel like doing this. Anymore. Oh, exactly. but, you, but you have to, <laughs> you, have to exactly. you could find the best coach and you know, for yeah, know lesson rates are up there, but you know, for $70 for an hour lesson with somebody who's really good, a year might cost you a few grand in the end. It's mm -hmm. a lot cheaper than, tuition i i just somebody was, who could hold you accountable you could hire somebody i yeah. just listened to a podcast where this guy went up to berkeley and I, I, you let me listen to that and hired all the top berkeley teachers on a private one one-on-one -on -one basis for like a couple months at a time and then he would go home and then he would do it all over again but never actually going to berkeley so he got a, a higher than berkeley education because it was all one-on-one -on -one. oh man right yeah yeah <laughs> it was all top berkeley guys and it was all one-on-one -on -one. and he spent yeah i don't remember what the total was but in terms of like the cost was like next to nothing in terms of you know going to got per berkeley for a college education yeah and, and coming out on the other side just like stellar i was just like yeah. oh my gosh that what a way to do it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that is that's you have to you have to send that to me i definitely want to yeah take that out yeah yeah. So, okay. So, oh, so yeah, I'd like to dive into New York. I mean, yeah. we have people from all over the world listening to us. Um, and New York is a beacon. It really is. Uh, always has been. And I imagine always will be. Yeah. Uh, it's a thriving city in terms of tons of stuff to do, but especially when it comes to music. I mean, when I think about the States, I think about three places. I think about New York, LA, and Nashville. Um, and New Orleans. And yeah, New Orleans is, I mean, I, I, yes, I could go into like uh, the other ones, but I mean, okay. in terms of the, the beacons, the huge beacons, okay. I, I really think New York is like just one of the biggest ones out there. And um, that experience of walking into New York City and being like, and like, just like you were saying before, Graham, it's always going all the time it's chaotic um but in a good way <laughs> there's a great great vibe to it and you know there's 
there's tons of talent there. And if you are going to go to um, New York for music, um, I, I believe, um, at least I'm led to believe I always have been that you need to be on your game. Yeah. Um, and because there there are a lot of people there who are looking for the same thing as you are and you know in order to stand out amongst the masses you, you got to be kind of good yeah it's true you know um that is that is uh you know that that can be the the overwhelming thing sometimes coming to new york is like wow i have to like always be on my best but um and then it can be very very competitive in that way mm. you know where 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 people don't want to like some people won't necessarily want to help you out because because they don't want you to you know like six like they won't want you to take their gigs pretty much you know yeah i've yeah. i've really tried to like just not be intimidated by it and i feel like when i do that and i just can kind of like like just go with you know playing with the best players i can playing as as uh as you know as well as i can you know I mean, when it comes down to it, we're playing music, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, like, you know, getting that, getting that competitive attitude. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a competitive person too, but I'll like, you know, I'll never like, you know, vibe anyone for like, for not being able to play very well. Like I, I like to tell people because like, you know, I'd be offended if someone didn't, wasn't giving me like, like wasn't telling me something about my playing, right. you know? Like I, I, I would want um, everyone to tell me, you know, what they, what they think, you know, but I've, I've, I've found that, you know, just, just kind of like going through it and just, and just, and uh, not getting bogged down by like, by like competitiveness or like, you know, oh, oh man, this guy's like, this guy can play better than I can. Like, I, cause it's, cause you know, when you're surrounded by, when you're a small fish, you know, it's just, it can sometimes be a little like, you know, it can be very hard and like, I, at sometimes, a little depressing, but, but you just have to, you know, push through and, and keep, keep doing your thing. And, and, uh, and that's what, that's just, that's how I've been able to like kind of get through my, my low points. You know, I've been here about five years, I've been here about, about five years now. And so now I feel like I've, I've got my base, you know, now it's like, now I can like, it's almost like now I'm just getting started. You know, it's like five years was just, just kind of, you know, getting settled, getting settled in, you know? So, so kind of a two-part question uh, are there are there circles within the landscape there are, are there are there many circles or is it just a few little circles that you kind of try to have to nudge yourself into and for someone who is you know fresh on the scene how hard it is how hard is it to get into one of those circles um, I think it, I think it really depends on which circle you want to get into. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's like, you know, there's like really what type of music you're playing. You know, there's right. the jazz, there's the jazz circle. There's like the wedding band and circle, or there's like, you know, um, I, and um, I've really tried to, you know, I was like trying to like run in those circles for a while. And then I, and then I kind of just realized that like, for me, what, what, um, what, it, what, what is more fulfilling for me is just to find like, groups of musicians or bands that I really like and I just play with them. You know, like I could, I could technically, I could be, I could be gigging every single night if I wanted to, mm -hmm. but, but like, you know, I don't necessarily want to go out and play like, like a gig for like $7. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I would like to, like, I've just kind of, I've kind of taken more of this to like, get, get a group of people and, and like, 
you know, then, I mean, the, the music scene is small. Like once you, once you people start to know you, it's like all the circles kind of like run together, you right. know? Okay. And so, um, um, yeah, that's kind of the, just the way I, I, I've, I've gone about those circles. Cause, cause it is, you know, as, as someone new coming on the scene, it can be really challenging. It can be really hard because, you know, some people might just, just might not want, like, you know, might not want you to be in the circle. It's like, <laughs> it can be it can sometimes be a little bit like that, you know? And so it's, I think it's just really important to, um, to yeah. find, to find people that you really, that you like, you really like, and that you really like playing with. And that are your friends too, you know, like I, I'd much rather play with a musician who's like, who's like, you know, not as good, but it's great hang, you know, right. over somebody who's just like the best player in the world, but a total asshole. It's like, right. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I would rather like, you know, I, so that, that's very important to me. And I, I also find that, you know, once you do that, you find people that are better musicians, you know, because, you know, they're, they're good people. You know, like and so like the music comes out better because you're just hanging out you just you just have a connection so like you know and then and then all the worry like and then you, it ends up like the musicianship goes goes higher you know like like every everyone's like like when you're doing that and you're and you're you don't you don't worry about making mistakes because if you make a mistake well one it's too late to do anything about it so you should keep moving on anyway but but you don't have to worry about someone like super vibing you and and never ever going to speak to you again because like you like made like missed like one little section, which happens, you know, right. and uh, and so that's I think that's uh, I hope that answers your question. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you ever brush shoulders with people like like bigger names like Mike Stern? I got to see up there a couple times, and like some of the know, more famous people, do they have their own like thing going? Um, you know, it's funny. I really ran, ran into um, it was, it was actually he's, he's around the scene. Do you know Justin Tyson, the drummer? I don't. Yeah, he's a great drummer. He played with um, played with Esperanza for a little bit. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, he's um, he's a great drummer. I ran, I ran into, I ran into. He was actually just at my gig, just just hanging out, and uh, and I was playing. Um, and it's funny, I I actually don't get like you know a lot of people get like nervous if they have like a if like a like their idol comes in or something. It's funny if if another drummer walks in. I don't get as nervous for that, but if like another like bass player or like someone that could hire me for a gig walks yeah. in, that's when I'm like, oh boy, better be on it, you know? Because then that person could be like, oh, I really like the way you play. Like, why don't why don't you like come on tour with me? Okay, you know, like, yeah. but you know, you see another drummer, it's like I want to hang out, but I don't, it's funny, I don't, I don't necessarily get as nervous. You Sharik know? um, Tucker was another one who came through my jam. Um, was, but yeah, all, the, all these cats—they're just like they're just hanging around, you know. And like, uh, I ran into Robert Glasper a couple times. Um, but yeah, there's—I mean, they're all just people. They're all just people, you know, just just hang hanging out, you know. So, so uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I never, I never get intimidated by like meeting famous people or anything. It's just uh, no. If I, I remember correctly, you were you were doing a tour or hanging out with the guys from. A funkadelic is that right i did i did i did a little i opened for went on a few tours with with parliament wasn't wasn't i was here we were opening for them but that was with funk arc so we had uh i remember this one moment like uh we were playing at a tally ho theater and um and and uh george clinton came off the stage and i just remember going up to him and i was like hey man like you know excited to meet you thank you so much much for having us and he shook my hand he's like yeah y'all sound real good y'all sound real good and i was like I was like there we go. I was like, I was like, that was like, it was a very, very special moment for him to actually like 
like take time and and then it was funny then i he went to his the story continues he went to the bar and he was like and he was like hey, let me get let me get like a whiskey or something and uh and they're like oh i'm sorry the bar is closed and some some manager comes flying out of somewhere i was like do you realize how <laughs> this is this is after george clinton had cut all, all his hair off uh, so like so like like it's funny the second tour that we did with them yeah the second string of shows we did um they uh they you know because they have the, like the announcer stuff they have like the backing tracks of, of like you know and they they had their, the second tour they're like in case you didn't know the man in the middle with the suit this is George Clinton like people didn't recognize who he was because he cut off his because he cut off his dreads right and so it was really funny and then the guy was like oh man so sorry gave him a bottle of Baker's Mark so <laughs> but it was just funny yeah we did did play we did did uh, hang out with those guys for a while he's a, he's pretty nuts isn't he. I mean, and just like like very out there is what I've gotten from interviews. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't able to talk to him very much. You know, just very briefly. You know, I went into his dressing room one time. I was able to get a picture with him. You know, I'm not super into taking pictures of celebrities or whatnot, but at the time I was like, why not? You know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, and, uh, it was. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even get to talk to him too much, but uh, but yeah, he he's still a great, crazy dude, you know. I mean, but uh, yeah, they were they were nice. They were they were really, they were really nice to us. I remember one point we were playing, and I look back, and the entire band is just standing there watching us play. Now that's that was a little nerve wracking, yeah. just a little bit, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, it was still good. You know? That's an experience. I think experience I'll never forget for sure. Very cool. So, do you want to jump back? Back up to uh, New York City. Yeah. yeah. What? So I, I've had the chance to go and like I've been to I think Fat Cat and I've been to the Iridium. I've I've done I've been to some jazz clubs and it the scene is so cool because like the village there's so many clubs around. Is that where you typically get to play or are you? I guess you're not doing all jazz like you said. Yeah, I typically play like. Uh like places I'm playing, like I play at Rockwood Music Hall or like I play at Sylvana and Shrine a lot. Um, uh, I play, and I play like a, I play more of like the, like the, like the, ven, like not, not that Fat Cat and, and Smalls aren't venues and stuff, mm -hmm. but like, just more like, you know, we're like more and more state, like bigger stages and stuff. Yeah. Um, Have you played Brooklyn Bowl? Yeah, I, play, I actually played Brooklyn Bowl three weeks ago. I love, it's my, Brooklyn Bowl is my favorite place to play in, um, in New York. But hands down, like, like the the people are great. They treat you well. Um, yeah, um, played Brooklyn Bowl a few times. Um, it's a cool concept to have for all the listeners out there that don't know. Like, there's literally a bowling alley and a stage. Right? Yeah, yeah, bowling alley and a stage right next right next to each other, and the place is huge. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, awesome. yeah, I, I, I like I like that. Yeah, but. But yeah, I've just been kind of you know going back to like the bands I've been playing with. You know, I'm just just really right now I'm really focused. You know, like like uh, two main bands that I have now that I'm in, and um, and then just just practicing and just trying to like like have people see me or just just pick me up by, by hearing me play. You know, like with those bands or something. You know, but not necessarily. You know, I need to. I know I need to go back out. I need to, I need to go back out there a little bit more. But I've just kind of been focusing on just like you know my my music and I also have a recording studio in washington heights so i've been focused focusing on that as well just like you know getting recording clients in getting getting like you know able to edit and, and record that's cool microphones and stuff and so and so yeah it's, it's not it's, i think it's important i feel like every 
I feel like every musician really should should know a little bit about recording studio. You don't have to be you don't have to be able to walk in there and like dial in, you know, compression and be able to like EQ and do everything. But I feel like everybody should know a little bit about it because you know that's just how you're gonna make a good record. You know, if you if you if you walk into a recording studio, especially with like you know, how contemporary music getting with electronics and like you know like how things are being produced now, it's like. I feel like it's important if you want the best, the best result. I mm. think it's very important to know a little bit about it. You know, now, are you doing that on your own, or are you doing that a group of guys? I'm, or? I'm doing it with it's me and my it's me and my partner Dylan Kamiko. Okay, uh, he's a bass player. He's a bass player I play with a lot. He's like my he's like my you know one of my go to. He's like he's my go to guy here up, up here. Uh, amazing, amazing bass player. I studied with John Patitucci for for a while. So cool. so he's just like uh, yeah, he's got he's. Okay, he's great. He's a great upright player. He's a great um, electric player too. He can really do both. And uh, and so yeah, me and him, me and him. It's in his apartment. So we have one. It's a three bedroom apartment. Okay. One bedroom is dedicated to the control room, mm -hmm. and then the living room is like the live room. Sweet. So, okay. Yeah. How do you deal with neighbors? Like, you want to crank an amp? What? How does that work? So this is uh, is Washington Heights. And so Washington Heights is uh, it's just a loud. Lively place, you know. It's just a, you know? It's New York. Yeah, random, <laughs> random sirens in your recording. <laughs> random sirens in your recording, in your album. Yeah, it's funny. Did you hear the siren go by? The second oh, yeah. It's yeah. New York, man. When there, when is there not a siren going? Yeah, by? exactly. But uh, but no, uh, you know the Heights is like you know I mean because they'll they'll throw uh, like his neighbors they'll throw big parties too like and they'll be up like sometimes they'll be like bumping bachata music until like you know or, or like some some you know human music up till like you know like three in the morning so it's yeah. like it's like you know it goes both ways you know like and also it's not like not to blow my own it's not like we're playing sh shitty music either it's not like you know what i mean like it's not it's like if they're like it's like it's like you know that i think they kind of enjoy it and, and then dylan dylan's been there for almost 10 years so like okay. he's gotten he's gotten to know all the neighbors and everyone knows him and everything so so yeah we we as long as we we try to we don't try not to go much past much later than 10 so hmm. it's always it's always during the day now are you recording all kinds of acts or are you guys geared towards more of a rock genre or a jazz genre or oh uh, we're recording everything right now we're doing we're doing with uh kent thompson we're doing his record uh mm -hmm. it's like a power power trio rock rock thing mm -hmm. um and um so we've been doing we've been doing that, at, um, and then I mean the the main vision of this is we we wanted to do this because we wanted to like produce our own music. So that's a that's a big part of it too. Is that is that you know we we've got this we're starting this new this new trio, and um, and we're kind of just kind of just trying to um, do enough so that we can pay for the studio. You know make make a little bit of make a little bit of money, but really just to get our own music out there yeah. and show and prove ourselves as as, as musicians. A way to get our music out there as well as well as like you know showing that like oh like we, we can produce our own music like really yeah. well you know so what what is for future people coming into new york city what what is the, what is the name of your studios autobahn lab what is it autobahn autobahn lab autobahn lab okay it's, on autobahn, it's funny it's on 170th in autobahn that's why it's called uh oh, okay we call it the autobahn lab it's literally on autobahn so okay cool i've just been doing that and uh yeah i just think I, i've learned i've learned a lot in the studio you know yeah. just being able to like i think it's really important to record yourself and listen to yourself play back and be able to like 
understand how to make other people's recordings sound good. Oh know? yeah. The recording so process. I love it. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. It really is. So, um, when, when you are looking to, cause obviously you do a lot of playing. Yeah. Do you go out and look for bands? Do you go out and do a lot of listening? Uh, I do. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I like to support, I like to, you know, support my friends when I, when I, when I, when I can. Um, uh, and then, you know, I haven't, I haven't gone out to as many shows as, as, as I would like, you know, I, I used to, I used to more, but you know, you know, once you it's just, they start to add up after a while. You know, well, yeah. 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 My, my, guess, my, my main my main reason for asking is is that you know for someone who is looking to come into New York and they're looking to nudge their way into something, um, you know, going out to listening and listening to a bunch of different shows and that are within that genre that you're looking to kind of get into. Yeah. How how did you go? Because obviously, when you started off in New York, you may have known a couple of people, if any. How did you go about nudging your way into that? Do, I mean, do you literally just go out and w watch a band and then after the, after the show say, hey, man, I really dig your stuff. Wonder yeah. if we could play sometime? Oh, I don't necessarily play. I would, I, I, you know, I actually, I did do that. I was very, you know, I was very like, you know, I think that's my style though. Just like go up yeah. and be like, hey, man, like great play. Like, let's like, let's play. Like, I've done let's, it. <laughs> like, you know, let's, let's go. But, um, uh, but no, a lot of times, like you know, just getting in there and just like hanging out with people, just like you know, getting to know somebody, or or um, I think that I think going to jam sessions is really important, like in the beginning, because people people like do get to you, you get to meet people, you know, at those jam sessions, and like, and so like I think going to a jam session and, and playing a little bit, being mm -hmm. able to like you know have your and, uh, and and I think I think I think that was important. I used to go to jam sessions all the time. And then staying and hanging and just meeting as many people as you can. And, uh, you know, if you meet the right people and you say, oh, listen, like, I'm, I'm new to New York. And if you can actually play, like, you know, this the scene will reward you. You know, like, yeah. they, you will start to you will start to meet the right people. And, like, you know, if you work hard enough at it, you're not, like, and you're not a jerk or, like, you know, a drunk. You're, you're like, you're going to, like. You know, you can, uh, yeah, people, people will like, you know, people will start to notice you, but yeah, I used to go out to a lot of shows. You know, I, I did used to go out to a lot of shows. Um, and I think it's important, you know, just like getting to know people and talk to them. But I think, you know, I think it's more important to, to get to know somebody than like, you know, when, like being like, Hey, let's play like right now. Um, oh no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I think it's more important to just like, to like you know get go to these shows and then afterwards just like hang out you know just like kick it you know yeah. kick, kick it with them and just just like you know you know then, then all of a sudden they'll be like they'll let you know where the next shows are and you start to make friends you know and then yeah. like you know then you start a band you get you get a group of people they can come check you out like you know that's how so now are you ever the person going out and getting like dealing with the venues yes i do a lot of that i do a lot of i do a lot of the booking with the venues so i have a lot of I have a lot of connections to different different venues over here um it's just it's just hard because i mean the venues just don't pay they just don't you know like mm -hmm. like i mean the 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 door deals up here are just like are just crazy you know like it'll be like i think like um what's the one that like 
there's a few door deals where it's like we take we take the first 20 tickets that are sold we take and then after that any ticket sold you only get like 60 or like 70 percent and it's like and it's like for a small club with a capacity is like 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 you know a hundred like you know 50 to 100 people it's like you can't even make any money right so like you know these it's it's just it's hard it's hard to want to do these but uh but i I think it's i think it's you know that's why i've kind of like like i've like stopped playing as much you know really only doing the gigs that i want to do with my with like the people that i know um and the people that i want, want to play with and then just like booking gigs here and there and uh and then setting up tours, you know, touring, touring up and down the East Coast. I've gone down to New Orleans and back twice on a, on a tour that I that I set up. And yeah. so, but yeah, so I def, definitely deal with all the all the um, the venues. I'm trying to go more in a direction of, of of finding like places that'll have music, but that will pay. So not necessarily like a music venue, but like, for example, tonight, you know, I'm, I'm booking, I, I'm playing over there. It's a place called Arrogant Swine. I'm playing over there, but I also book over there too. So it's like, um, so bands will, will, you know, they hit me up and I just let them know when they want to play and stuff. So, but, uh, but there, but there it's like a restaurant and a bar. So like they'll, they'll have a budget to, to pay musicians, which is just nice. You know, I've kind of kind of been focusing more on that and private parties pl- playing playing like private events and pay a little bit more. Yeah. So it is it's so different from I mean I was in DC and it was much more like that from the scene that I was involved in. And now yeah. that I'm I'm in Virginia Beach now and living in a town like this like it's just there's so much more money for music. I mean they put yeah. I think they have at least 10 blocks where there's a musician on every corner. Yeah, and it's paid by the city, and you get to you know they give you a contract for fifteen gigs at the beginning of the summer. There's <laughs> bands at all the main stages playing that are all being paid. Yeah, There's music at almost every bar, and you're all. It's almost always a flat rate because none of these places are <clears throat> places with like they're not music venues where people buy tickets. I mean, there are a couple, but just a very different scene. Um, so I mean, when you've gone on <laughs> tour, have you come across? places like this have you considered touring through you know more touristy towns yeah definitely when i when i go on it's so funny yeah once i it's like once you leave new york city it's like you, you can get you can people will pay for music you know it's, yeah. like, it's just it seems a little it's a little crazy but um <laughs> but yeah definitely when i set up when i set up tours like that i definitely try to find find places like that um you know i have this place i play it's a frat house in princeton but um uh, called the terrace club and I play there, and that's a that's a really that's a really cool gig because they, I mean, um, uh, it's like a big uh, big mansion, and, and they have like a full sound system and everything. So, uh, but yeah, um, you know, I have I might you know I was setting up these these like two to three week tours. I think I'm going to start doing less less stuff like that and more just like little runs, like a week max, or like you know two like one weekend, you know, back back in and back out. So. I think that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna try to do a little bit more of. Yeah, you. I just think I would always be trying to go to tourist places, like Ocean yeah. City. I've seen they've got barges with bands playing for the all the bars at the fishing tournaments and yeah. on the beach. There's just so many places like that. Seems like yeah. just picking the right place is half the battle. Yeah, the right town. 
Yes, true, true. And then finding, and then, and then trying to get, trying to contact them in the right time because these things book up, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like making sure you like like months in advance, you know, get out and and then you know sometimes if they don't know you, like if they don't know who you are and you're coming from a different, you know, sometimes it can be a little difficult, you know, depending on the style of music you're playing, you know. Yeah. So, like it's uh like I was booking the tours that I've booked have been like a like a funk, like mostly funk and like fusion R and B stuff, but but now I'm trying to book a little tour for for like a rock band. It's very different, you know, because you're not going to be. I don't necessarily want to book like you know like gigs where you're going to play a bunch of covers, you know. Like I want to book like like um, like venues, you know. But right. some of those venues don't necessarily don't necessarily pay as much. So it's just it's just difficult find, finding finding the how many people you're going to bring out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The different, different, the different scenes and the different, different places to play. That, so. is, that is true. The downside of a place like Virginia Beach is the the expectation of more covers. Yeah, and uh, and which is cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with doing those gigs and just like you know, I just there's people that spend their entire lives just like that's all they do is play like cover band gigs or wedding gigs, and I just like I was like delving into that scene a little bit, and I was just like. You know, like, oh, I want to be, I was like, you know, I've played with a couple of different wedding bands and stuff, but, you know, just, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily what my big thing I want to be doing. It's so. not very soul fulfilling. Unfortunately, though, it is where the money is at. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, but it's, it's, it's definitely sticking to, I think it's important. I, knew I do a lot of teaching too. That was another, that was another thing I talk about as I, uh, I do, I, I say I play. So as well as playing, you know, I work at Marquee Studios. Which is a teaching arts company, and they sent me to like right now. I'm teaching um, in seven schools, seven different like public schools. Wow, yeah, anywhere from and ages anywhere from kindergarten to senior citizens. Um, and so, yeah, teach, uh, yeah, it's been it's been very fulfilling doing that. And teach, I teach, a, I teach a lot of kids with disabilities, mm-hmm. you know, ranging from you know, autism to on the autism spectrum, Down syndrome to kids that like, you know, um, kids that might not, might not even be able to walk or talk or, or even like, you know, some kids that have feeding tubes can't even, you know, but find a way to get, to get through to them, you know, through, through music, you know, and a lot of, it's a, it's a nonprofit. So, so they teach, um, so a lot of the schools that we go into are schools that would never have music. Or a lot of the kids are like living at or below the poverty line. So, so you're teaching, you know, you're really teaching kids that really, really want to, you know, do music. And, and so it's very, it's very fulfilling doing that, you know, coming into a classroom and having kids like be really stoked to see you. you know, it's very fulfilling, you know, especially that's giving me, you know, an idea of like what, what it's like, you know, the diff- different schools in New York. You know, it's, it's just wild. Wow. So, that's group. You're teaching groups at once. Group classes at once. And I teach 20, 20 classes a week. So, and are you doing more percussion related things? Or are you doing just general music? I do. Uh, I do bucket drums with them, which is great. Uh, yeah. Um, and and the, the classes, like the biggest class I teach, is thirty five. And so, yeah, thirty five, thirty five kids uh, on buckets. I've uh, I definitely I definitely started wearing earplugs because I wasn't wearing earplugs before. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, thirty five kids 
<laughs> playing buckets is maybe one of the loudest things you'll ever hear. A little brutal, a little brutal at times, I'm sure. Oh man, yeah, it is brutal. But once you can get them to play together really well, they start to sound really good. Oh yeah. Well, they can play. Uh-huh. So it's really powerful when you have when you have 35 kids like like playing the same beat, playing something that's like really together. It's yeah. like pretty, pretty fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have a good time. I try to keep it like controlled chaos, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, we play along with a lot of the music that they like. I really try, what I really try to do is like, it's a group class. So I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be able to get into like crazy technical stuff. So I really, my, my big goal that I try to get through is like, I want them to have fun and enjoy drums. And then when they decide that they want to continue this, then they can like, your private lessons or become more serious so we'll put on we'll just put on music that they like and we'll just play along with it you know and then and like you know it's a lot of and then we do a performance at the end so do you do any private lessons i do i teach privately too so i have uh about how many students are a week i have about three private students a week okay so, so. so i want to back back up to the bucket drums thing before yeah. we go too far so a few weeks ago, we had a guest on Joe Ham, who is a member of this organization El Sistema. Uh-huh. And we really talked a lot about El Sistema, which is this philosophy of bringing music to underprivileged kids. And there are a lot of, um, I guess, organizations around the country that kind of, they don't buy into it, but they follow this philosophy. Yeah. And um Anyway, I didn't know if that was something that your nonprofit um, used or if you had heard of that. I haven't heard of that. I was looked at. I was looked that up. Uh, what's it? What's that called again? El Sistema USA, because it's it's it originated in Venezuela, mm-hmm. and now it's they've got the United States wing of it. But yeah. but yeah, um, they're they're geared specifically towards um under-resourced kids and doing bucket bands and and all that kind of stuff so it sounds very much like what you're doing yeah very similar yeah yeah Yeah. that is is very similar and um yeah i think they have a lot of resources um and they have conferences and things like that because i don't think they supply any they don't supply any of the funding to the groups it's more of like this philosophy that Uh, follow and they try to provide um content you know um how do you say it Aaron? they try to p- provide intensive and um continuous music education mm-hmm. to the same groups of students consistent music yeah so anyway right. check it out i'll definitely check that out that's that's great yeah i think it's, i think it's very important to uh you know, everyone's cutting cutting the arts and, and music programs, and it's, yeah. it's very sad because I really think I really think it's important. You know, kids need that outlet. You know? Well, studies—it's crazy because studies show the more that the kids are involved in arts and and music, you know, the the better they do in school. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. research. There's research showing this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! But everyone wants just math and science, and it's just uh, what's that? Which is good too. It's good too. <laughs> I don't know that, but arts is just as important. I um, think they need to have. 
they need to bring home ec back they need oh, to yeah. have like oh yeah how to work on your car and how yeah. to like have a bank account and yeah. taxes. Like <laughs> real life classes they, i think they need just make math and you compress everything a little bit i think they need to fit in all this yeah. life skills stuff yeah I mean, and, and the arts obviously yeah i mean you should be able to learn about taxes when you like when you have like early on like middle like high school you should be taking classes about taxes yeah, really like if you have a job in high school you gotta pay taxes yeah, exactly yeah. yeah and it's confusing people need to learn about this stuff yeah no, they do i spent yeah. like two hours on it yesterday <laughs> and another hour on friday yeah oh yeah it's coming and up. as a musician it's especially uh complex oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like have 1099s from all different places and I'm like missing 1099s and I've got them paid in, you know, privately from my private teachers from lots of people. It's just a mess. Yeah. Absolute yeah. mess. And then sometimes you're, you know, you get a 1099, you're being taxed on money, but you paid out the band. So you got to like kind of take that into account when you pay yeah. the band out. Yeah. If you're always the one getting paid. In the end, you get screwed because you have to pay the taxes on it. You're right. Exactly right. Yeah. I'm, that's why I've I've started I've started just taking taking percentage out, you know, where like whenever the check comes in, it's like take off whatever whatever the tax is, and then and then and then pay the band out. You know? Yeah, yeah. People need to know these things. Yeah, they do need to know these things. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <coughs> Did you have the class at Mason? The um, it was the what was it called? Oh, the art of teaching music. Where they had the, yeah. They had half of it was on how to have your own studio, and yeah. Like how to do tag. I mean, at Mason they had that, and it was a great class. Yeah, I did. I did have that class. It did help. Yeah, yeah. I've brought it up before, but I I particularly enjoyed. Well, <laughs> wouldn't say I enjoyed that class, but I appreciated that class. Right, yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> who, was there, who was teaching that class when you were there? I can't remember. I mean, I remember her. There were two different teachers. Two different teachers, right? I one was that. a flute. Uh, one was a flute teacher. That's right. Um, uh, it's yeah. been several years, but I really yeah. can't remember. Yeah, they were both great teachers. Great class. I also come that like never forget like having to teach some kid on an instrument that I didn't play in front of the whole class. Yeah, and I still to this day use those ideas of like sometimes you get a student that's got it's pretty good and doesn't want to learn the things that you want to learn they want to learn something specific and just the idea of being able to like really watch somebody and analyze what they're doing and yeah even if you're not a professional flute player as a musician you should be able to guide them yeah on things to help them yeah so cool yeah. class yeah. The art of teaching music and yeah. George Mason. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Graham, you you what you mostly teach throughout the day and then during the evenings you perform? Perform, yeah. Yeah. So it's to be like, you know, I teach there's only two there's three schools where I have to go in the, in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh and then I teach one, two, four four after school classes. So four after school classes and three in school. So sometimes it's back to back. Like it'd be, it'd be five classes back to back. And then I go to another school and teach another like two classes. Okay. So, 
but uh, and then yeah so some sometimes my days can get pretty long you know nine in the morning till two in the morning you know, yeah. so, you know but um but that's the you know that's that's the musician life you know i was gonna but, say hey you could be you know professional razor or razor scooter person exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh that's funny yeah. this, this is a stupid side interlude but a guy that i grew up with once tried to take two razor scooters down the hill in front of our house uh-huh. oh like oh, skis uh, didn't end up well no okay. uh, did, did he end up in the hospital yes Oh man, broke his arm. Oh yeah, no, that wasn't gonna go well. That was was the end of the razor scooter days in my neighborhood. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. Um, so when you're playing, I like, I I go I show up to gigs and I have my cars loaded with speakers, amps, guitars, all kinds of stuff. In New York. Do they just have drums everywhere you go? They do. Mo- That's almost, almost really cool. Single, almost every single venue that you uh, that you play at is going to have a full back line. Wow. Um, okay. And uh, usually the ones that don't are the ones that pay because you have to pay back line. You know? mm-hmm. So, so um, but yeah, I mean, I, I when I it's funny. I used to show up to gigs with like. With like cymbals, a snare drum, a throne, and like a like a pedal. Right. And now I just show up. They got. I like. I just show up with cymbals, maybe a snare drum. But there's a couple of venues like that I know of, and if I, especially if I know the backline, you know, I could just show up with with uh, with cymbals and just and just go. You know, right? Um, which is which is great. Which is, I mean, I mean, but then again, like you know, sometimes you will get backline that's like it's like a little a little shaky. You know. Yeah. You hit the you hit the you hit the floor tom and it sounds like Bleh, you know it's like and you're just like well what are you gonna do you know I'm not bringing a floor tom to the gig so yeah. but, have you ever uh, played pianos lower yeah. east side I've yeah. I've gotten to play there a couple times and they had this I really they had a a big orange amp that I yeah really liked playing out of yeah it's the only yeah. time I've ever gig performed on an orange amp yeah those oranges are nice yeah there's yeah. a Couple of couple of uh, a couple of venues have the orange amps, so yeah, yeah, but, they did have full backline there, I believe. Actually, yeah. they might not have had the drums, but they definitely had bass amp and guitar amp. Yeah, they have they have drums now. Every time I go there, I always just play the play their house kit. So yeah, I remember we paid. What is that? I just I remember paying thirty dollars to park and making, you know, <laughs> yeah. didn't make much money. Yeah, I think I, just to get through tolls into New York City cost at least to get through New Jersey and I mean even Baltimore. There's so many tolls. Yeah, it's a hundred. It's, it's about a hundred dollars round trip toll. Yeah, so. yeah. Don't go to New York City looking to make money if you're just playing a you know gig like pianos. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I like I like that venue. That, that's a good one. Um, yeah, it's a really cool room. Yeah, it's cool. I played there. I played there a bunch. Pianos, Rockwood, Rockwood's right around the corner too. That's one of my that's one of my favorite venues to play. What's it called? Rockwood, Rockwood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have three stages. They have stage one, stage stage one, stage two, and stage three. So, wow. Are they in yeah. different different floors of the building? Uh no, they're like separate. So it's like so it's like 
like one one of them is downstairs. Uh, the stage three is downstairs, and that's for like more intimate. Like it's almost like it's a, like its own jazz club or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they have stage one, which is like a small little venue, it's like a small little room. And then they have stage two, which is like the big stage. Okay. So, so but it's um yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I love. I I do. I do like playing in New York. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that okay. So, um, before we close out, that kind of leads me to what's your future? Do you do you see yourself staying in New York City for however long, or what? What do you got in What do you got in store? So right now, you know, I'm really just uh, you know now that it's been about five years. Now I'm just kind of really focusing on. At different projects mm-hmm. so i'm um so i definitely see myself here for for a solid period of time I'll, i know i'll definitely be here for another five years you know um and then uh yeah i think i think for me i'm just i'm just you know i'm really just focusing on like my personal playing like how i play and like i've always like you know as a musician i'm always trying to better myself as a musician and uh and uh so yeah i think I think the, the the goal is as much as I love teaching, you know. I think I think future I definitely would like to, to uh, like maybe maybe switch more over to private, like pri- private teaching, and um, and have my own, um, and then just have more gigs, you know, that pay. Um, right. And so I think yeah, I think future future for the immediate future, you know, it's really just I'm, I'm about to record, I'm about to do some recording with um, this band Late C. It's like one of the main bands I've I've been. I've been playing with. We just went into the studio and we're like, you know, having a producer produce these these songs and um, and yeah. So and then I have this my rock band Johan, which is a it's a it's not a duo, but it's it's a it's a it's a four piece. But it's me and and the uh, and the singer and we're we're like together and we're like you know very, we're very you know we're very close in how we write all the music. So I'm just pushing pushing that and. Um, and that's 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 uh that's and then uh, obviously the recording studio too, making making that. But I'm just you know I'm just gonna keep going with what I'm with what I'm doing, and I def um yeah I definitely see myself here for at least at least five more years. Awesome, awesome, so. cool. Yeah, I I mean if anybody's going if anybody is in the New York City area or is about to go into the New York City area and is looking for lessons, I highly highly suggest that you take private lessons with Graham. He's phenomenal. He's uh, and and, so and obviously a cool cat to boot. So yeah, okay. Thank it's, you so much. Yeah. Um, so you have um, active right now. You've got Johan. I, I I've been following you guys for a while. Uh, yeah. You've been together for a couple what a couple years? About, um, three years. I think actually probably no probably more like yeah about about two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. About two and a half years, and then me and that was that was my one that was my closest. When I was saying earlier that one of my closest friends who moved up to New York, Mm -hmm. I went to Mason with. He was like one of my closest friends in Mason, and we're still just like super close. The bass player. Uh, he's the uh, he's a guitar player. Okay. And so yeah, so that's the that's you know that's uh, and is uh, Stomp Status still doing something? No, we're not doing anything anymore. We. we he uh um the guitar player and lead singer moved to portland oh okay i still uh i still talk with tj and jenna though was it like um who the ba- the bass player and the keyboard player yeah i'm still still uh still really close with them i talk i'm still close with justin too 
I just I haven't talked to him in a while. So yeah. uh, okay. okay, so you got you got you got Johan. What other what other active ones do you have right now? <clears throat> Johan, then I have Late C. Late C. Late C is um it's a it's a group led by Izzy Glicksberg. Um I guess the best way to describe it is it's like poetry music. I mean he's like a he's like an amazing lyricist mm-hmm. and um and so he just has and he just has this and we'll put like these great soundscapes behind it, you know. And it's uh, it's a good band for me because it's a, it's very different than I'm than I'm usually you know it's not as it's not as virtuosic like I'm not I'm not playing I'm not playing as much as my stuff I'm just like you know very you know very all about the parts exactly you know every note has to be like you know pretty much exactly the same which is um which is good you know I, I like I like doing that you know a lot of a lot of other playing that I've done is a little bit more like uh, you know just just like you're kind of like more like more improv like a lot a lot more places where i can like go in but it's nice nice to like to like um to really to really be on like i'm just doing something a little different you know yeah. so, so no so no seven over 15 or anything like that no seven over 15 <laughs> no seven over 15 but but there are some uh we do have we do have a couple of songs and, and some cool time signatures though you know so so and that's that's spelled um late s-e-a s-e-a yep Late C, late C, yeah, and then the and then the jams that I do, okay, Ooh, like you know I I, I do have um, I have like another funk band that we've been like working a little bit. The bass player just moved, the bass player just moved to um, to Florida, so we're still trying to see like you know kind of what the future of that band's gonna hold. But that band's called Phantom Lover, and so we um, so that that band's like you know still plays here and there, but. But we're we're just still trying to see exactly what 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 we're gonna do with that band, but I mean, yeah, Late Late C and Johan are the other are the two main ones. Okay, okay, and then you obviously have you said the Audubon Lab. We have Audubon Lab, yeah. And then, do you have a website that you have that people can contact you for private lessons? I do not have I do not have a um, website. I guess the best way to do it would probably be just. Um, I guess just on Facebook or or my, my phone number, you know. Okay. So, but find if, if they find me on Facebook, they could like you know reach out to me there. Cool. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested, obviously Graham Doby, which would be G R A H A M D O B Y on Facebook, and I'm only saying this because I strongly suggest that you get in contact with Graham because he's awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. Appreciate yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It's been fascinating talking to you and learning about the scene. We love this. We've talked about the Boston scene and all, you know, Nashville scene and all these different places. I think this is the first time we've really gotten a good in-depth discussion about New York City's scene. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad glad to be on and talk talk about uh, about the scene. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We'd love to have you on in the future and see... uh, See how you're doing and what other things you have brewing. Yeah, I would love to. You just, uh, you just let me know. Awesome, Graham. Well, thank you so much for thank you guys coming so on. Much. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You guys have a good, have a good yeah. rest of the day. Yeah, you too, man. All right. Take bye. care. Yep. Bye.